children, pulling them onward. She was afraid that if she slowed down, she would miss it. Now, normally she was content to stay at home, take care of the kids, prepare meals, clean the house, do all the things that she needed to do. Even when it was hard to get out of bed some days. She was content with her lot, where she was and what her job was to do. But this one time, this one time, she wanted to go out. She wanted to see this guy that everyone had been talking about. Her neighbor had been there the other day when he had done a show. He heard in the market that he was around the corner and he followed the crowds and he got to see him. He was teaching and it was in the city, but his shows are so random and, and pop up. You just never know when they're going to be, but she heard this time about where he was going. And so she tugged her two children along with her. Her friend Mary had told her yesterday that a few days ago, he had broken the Sabbath. He had, he was walking through the fields and he picked some of the grain and ate it. And his disciples did too. Boy, were those religious people mad about that. And now, now that his cousin had been executed, what did that change? She wondered what, what he thought, what it affected for him. And was he still healing people? She was keenly interested. For some reason, this story fascinated her. And it was, it was like... It was like the lyric to a song that was stuck in her head. And it just played over and over again while she did her work. And so maybe she did just want to get out of the house for once. And she had finally gathered enough energy to attempt it with her two young kids. Or maybe she just wanted to feel alive and wanted to try this one thing or Maybe she just wanted to be the one who saw something cool. To be the one who, when talking in the marketplace, could say, yeah, I saw him, and be able to tell of her experience. Every motivation that popped up in her mind seemed questionable. 
but it didn't seem to stop her body that moved hurriedly regardless. She wanted to see him. Regardless of her doubts and somewhat guilty conscience around her motivation, she didn't know if this was actually something important or not. She knew that she wanted to see him. And so she was going to try to get what she needed, what she wanted for once. So she clutched her kids' hands tighter. She pulled up the strap of the sack that she had packed for them. And as they walked up, he was talking to someone. She didn't know them, but she sat down on the grass. She was here. Her kids ran off to gather sticks and play with the other kids. It seemed fine. There were a bunch of other kids there anyway, and they didn't seem to be bothering anyone. So she settled in to watch the drama unfold. And as she sat and as she watched, her story faded away. And she became immersed in a drama that was before her. People were coming out of the woodwork. People that she was not used to seeing. People with deformities that spent their time inside. It was a show for sure. There were people who were there who were in pain. And they were sick and they were going to him. And, oh, there were some people there who were really sick. People that she leaned away from as they walked by. People whom she didn't want to touch. What kind of illness could that be, she wondered. What would cause that? She glanced over at her children to make sure that they were also at a safe distance. Maybe she shouldn't have come. She can't imagine how some of these people must have made it here. I mean, some of them had families to help them, but some of them were so sick that the trip must have been miserable. Some of them came alone. And you could see what was wrong with some of them immediately as they walked up to Jesus and others you had no idea what was wrong with them. They looked perfectly normal until Jesus touched them, and that's when you could see what was wrong. It was as if before they had been hunched, and now for the first time in their lives, they looked different. They looked almost weightless or, or winged, and the change was only seen after he touched them. As the day went on, people kept arriving. They were sitting down around her. The room was filling up. And she realized it was a good thing that this gathering wasn't happening indoors. Or even in the city, really, because this many people would have stopped all of everything that was happening you probably wouldn't be able to get this close to him or see him. As it was in this open pasture, there were only a few sheep a few acres away that 
you could see she thought back to what was the last town that she had walked through was it a mile back was it two maybe she didn't know how long she sat there because she became so much a part of this crowd that the breathing in and out seemed like an organism that people kept going up, taking turns, coming back, going up and coming back. The sick making their way up to be healed, people helping each other, kids playing nearby. After a while, her own kids came back. They had red faces and they were sweaty. And their most immediate need was that they needed water. Good thing she had planned for that. She gave them the water that she had brought and had them sit on her lap and rest for a while. She was thirsty too, but she decided she would save the water for the kids. She was fine right now. And she wanted to make sure they had enough. Besides, she was distracted by all that was going on. And they sat together there for a while, watching everything. And then, sort of by surprise, she felt this growling in her stomach. And she noticed how late it was getting and how long ago it had been since she had eaten. She wanted to wait. She didn't want to go yet. She, this was just so good. And it had been so long since she had gotten out and gotten to do something like this. And the kids seemed fine too, really. And though that she knew that eventually food would be on their minds and it would be on their minds in an urgent and ceaseless way. So she considered what her plan would be when that time came, and she decided that once they started whining, that's when she would leave. She had packed some snacks, and hopefully, if she gave them the snacks as they started to make their way home, uh, she could kind of hold them off for a while. And as they walked home, they could eat the snacks and maybe they wouldn't get too hungry. And though they would be tired, she could maybe carry one of them at a time. And maybe at the very, very end, she could carry both of them. But not for, su not for su super long. She would just watch them. She would watch and see how they were doing. See if they were struggling or not. She knew... She knew, what, she knew what it looked like when someone struggled. She was somehow aware of these things. And the people in her life that struggled, she knew before others often did that they struggled. Like when her grandma found out she was sick and she knew first. Or when her neighbor lost her baby and hadn't told anyone yet. She knew something was wrong. But her husband was the easiest to read. When he struggled because he didn't bring home enough money to pay their bills and he felt the weight of that pressure, 
she knew how to read him the easiest. In that moment, she imagined her ancestors, the people of God who must have struggled so much in the wilderness after they had been freed from slavery in Egypt. How that struggle must have weighed on them when their hunger caused them to desire to go back to Egypt. She couldn't have imagined being a mom at that time. She would have wanted to go back as well at the thought of not being able to feed her children. The whole nation in the desert, she couldn't imagine it. She was kind of glad at that moment that she was just a woman and wouldn't have had to worry about being a leader who had to push the people of God on into the wilderness. Now, of course, she knew God had done the miracle. God had provided manna and quail for the people. Back then, God did all these miracles. It was crazy, and she often wondered why God didn't do miracles today. But regardless, she did feel glad to be at the time where she was in. I mean, the people of God, uh, it was such an advanced time for them. I mean, they were so powerful at this time that that even, uh, even Rome had to recognize and to reckon with their power and influence in the world. Even so, it seemed like everyone was carrying this weight lately. This weight of the political struggle. She couldn't remember when politics had become so important. When she couldn't pinpoint when all of the religious people had become so politically active. In her mind, of course, it centered around Rome. But Rome had kind of always been there. Hmm. She decided that she was too simple to understand such things. All in all, she did have it pretty good. At least better than others, she thought. Look at these sick people. I'm not sick like one of them. All I've got to do is just keep working, keep pushing, keep my head down, and, you know, I can do it. I can do it. You can do it, she told herself. It might be hard, but I'll get through it. Don't give up. Don't give up like your friend did. Don't sink that low. Don't give in to those feelings. Just keep getting up. Just make the next right choice. It's what God wants after all. Go to worship. Participate. Hold on. Carry on. Her fist instinctively clenched when she had this thought. And then her stomach growled again. And like a hundred pound weight, the anxiety hit her. Oh no, she thought. How long had they been here? 
she started to worry about how far they had actually walked to get here. She started to calculate in her mind how many minutes it could have been, how many towns they had walked through. Was it, was it three miles? Was it four? Could it have been five miles? And here they were all the way out here know if she was going to find Jesus when she left her house. So when she packed, she sort of packed not knowing. And now she's so worried. She didn't pack enough. How is she going to get home with her kids? Hold on, she said to herself. You can do it, she said to herself. She noticed up front there was a commotion near Jesus. Something was happening. All the his followers were around him, and he pointed to them, and then he pointed to the whole crowd. And she noticed right away the weight of the disciples. They were carrying something. And they all kind of got together and they had a basket there and they poured out their own sacks. Oh, that's what's going on, she thought. We're stopping now. It's dinner time. They're about to have their meal. It's, it's time to go. I'm sure that their dinner will be good, but I really need to head home now. I didn't pack enough. And feeling guilty, she nudged her kids who had fallen asleep on her lap after the hard, long day of play. She kissed their foreheads and said, get up, it's time to go. It seemed like apparently everyone had the same thought or was watching the same drama unfold as all around her people started getting up. All the commotion of the leaving, there were, there were comments, you know, this had been such a great day. It's time to go. Wasn't Jesus so amazing? And in all that commotion, it, it became louder and louder, and, and it overwhelmed the focal point of where everyone had been looking. And she stood up too. Her legs felt stiff and sore. And as she stood up, Oh, it's as if all of the thoughts of what she needed to do when she got home just rushed back to her mind, as if standing up told her body, it's time to go to work now, and these are the things that need to happen. This was nice, she thought. This was just what I needed, she thought. But her thoughts were interrupted. Someone said something really loud, and... and Almost like a wave, the people nearest to Jesus started sitting down, and then the next people out, and the next people out. And she, I mean, it seemed wrong not to, so she just sat down again. What was happening? She couldn't leave now. Jesus stood, and taking the disciples' food... He looked up to heaven and blessed 
and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples started giving them to the crowd. What was happening, she wondered. Surely so little couldn't feed so many. As the offering of this impromptu plate was passed through the congregation, something crazy happened. People started to share what they had brought with them. And they shared the things that they had in their hands it wasn't what you expected. It, it wasn't that, that people got out their money and threw it in the plate. And it wasn't that people got in their cabinets and got down their food and cooked it up and, and brought it and threw it on the plate. Rather than their excess, which is easy to share, everyone started sharing the things that they actually treasured most. People started to share their lack and their need. They shared their brokenness. They shared what they were short on. They shared their sickness and their grieving and their pain. The things that they held on to tightly, they shared the weight of life, the tension that caused Parents to drag their children by the hand. The guilt of dragging the children by the hand. The laundry list of to-dos that also included laundry, but weighed more than any piece of paper should. The tight stomach of anxiety about the things that needed to happen the paralyzing fear of a diagnosis, the weight of financial pressure. Quiet battles of mental illness. Those that were mourning the death of someone they loved shared their grief. Those that were silently battling addictions finally confessed that they had one. This amazing miracle happened in that moment and hardly anyone could understand it. See, the tallies were added. Matthew, being a tax collector and all, knew how to count. There were 5,000 men Besides the women and children, there were 
five loaves and two fish among them. But when the lack was shared in the community of faith, when the truth was told about the lack and the need, when the disciples had enough faith to go to Jesus with their lack, and when they obeyed Jesus, when he told them to share their lack with the congregation. That's when the miracle happened. When the people followed suit, shared their lacks, their hurts, and their burdens, the tallies, they didn't add up. There were 12 baskets of food left over after those five loaves and two fish were shared among the congregation. The miracle was that the sharing of the need was enough. Because we don't have enough ourselves. We don't cause the grain to grow that grows even on the Sabbath. And we don't create the yeast that then works through all of the dough. And we don't take credit for the fire that bakes the bread. And as crazy as it is, we don't even live by bread alone. It is God who makes the sun shine. The tallies add up against all odds. And peace appear in the midst of trial. We aren't sure how it happened. But this is what happened. When the weights of everyone were distributed among everyone... <laughs> Somehow, the whole church got lighter. The congregation, the bread of presence, and the sharing of needs became a real meal. And you got this distinct sense that these needs were not once and for all needs. They were just the needs of the day. They were the daily needs. And that, that this sharing was not something that, that just happened once, but this sharing was something that was necessary to life. This, this daily emptying, a daily opening of hands and pains and prayers. That the vulnerability of needing daily bread is what is needed. And bread can be actual bread. And sometimes it's actual money. Sometimes it's actual presence, but always it's actually God.
our bread, our presence, our need, our life. It was crazy, the miracle that day. The pains and sickness and need and lack, the miracle was that the need was shared among all, that hands were opened and things were released. And when it was all over, she walked home in the dark with her two kids, and their bellies were full, and this time she didn't pull them along. But she carried one of them, and a practical stranger walked beside her, carrying the other who had fallen asleep a while ago after the long day and the full meal. Her fears about traveling home with hungry and tired kids became light. Thanks be to God, the tallies in her head never added up. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day as they spent so much time together in the temple, they broke bread together at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Let's pray. God of bread, God of life, may you help us to pray that line. Give us this day our daily bread. As this passage reminds us Pray that you would help us share with the congregation the things that we treasure most. Our needs, our pains, and our hurts, the things that we hold closest. May you give us the courage and the vulnerability to share. As we carry each other's burdens, may you make us a generous people following in the example of Christ, may we open our hands to those in need. May we see and find empathy with our brothers and sisters, and may we share our own need with them. Make us one as you are one. In Christ's name, amen.